to the Balanced Ballerinas podcast. I'm your host, Georgia, and I am a ballet teacher and studio owner. As always, this podcast is brought to you by Balanced Ballerinas Academy, which now reaches BB people worldwide through my in-person and online coaching. My signature 12-week adult ballet course is where it's at. Everything in this course is developed with over a decade worth of experience working with adult ballerinas, and it's really just the complete package. We cover body conditioning, mindset, flexibility, body confidence, nutrition, and of course, ballet. And I'm really proud. I'm so proud to say that my current cohort of online students are loving the 12-week journey I'm taking them on, and I could not be prouder of them. If you want to get in on the action, then look, please don't hesitate to book a discovery call with me to see if you're a good fit for the course. Link to do so is in the show notes and my Instagram bio. So either scroll or head to at the balance ballerina for more content, ballet business, and really just to see my students in action. Now, today we're going to talk about something a little different but something that's actually really close to my heart and something that I've been wanting to dedicate a whole episode to for quite some time now. Basically, I want to talk about dealing with skin issues as a dancer, but also obviously just as a general human. However, I think it's incredibly painful dealing with eczema or psoriasis or acne or any other skin issues, really regardless of your recreational activities, but especially as a dancer, because there's just so much focus on aesthetics and your body being your tool, not to mention the sweat and perhaps stress from dancing that can aggravate the issue. And look, to be honest, I've never, never come across um, really anyone else that's covered this topic. So I really wanted to cover it. And here we are. Now, before we go any further, I would love to share for the record one of my favorite quotes, everything we hear is an opinion, not a fact, and everything we see is a perspective, not the truth. Fact, I suffered from extremely debilitating eczema as a child into my early adulthood, and I tried everything. But also a fact, I rarely have an eczema flare-up and consider myself pretty much healed. So this episode, just a reminder, is my perspective and I'm sharing in the hopes that it can help a few of you out there that are also experiencing the same. So as a ballet teacher, like your body is on show, whether you like it or not, all the time, people seem to notice small changes to your physique, your skin and overall health. So It's not unusual for a parent or student to really ask me about nutritional advice or comment on my body shape, my skin, my diet, my choice of workout, or insert other random questions here. (laughs) It just, I've found, really comes with the territory of having a job where your body is very much your tool. Family and friends and students who know me from at least five years ago can't believe the improvement with my eczema. It was bad. I'm telling you now, it was so bad. I've been asked multiple times how I went from a raw red mess to a relatively clear complexion today. So how bad was my eczema? Well, 
I used to have eczema that would run from my ankles to the backs of my knees in that little join behind there. And I wanted to cover them with long tights or socks to hide the ugliness, but compressing the wounds was really just doing more harm than good. And I also had eczema under my armpits, the crease of my elbows, and usually around my face, my neck and my eyes. The eczema on my face made me especially self-conscious. And whilst I consider myself healed, if I do experience a flare-up these days, usually it's because I'm run down, stressed, or not taking care of myself the way I know I should, and I know the way that I preach, (laughs) maybe I'm not taking my own advice, then honestly, the first place the eczema now pops up is under my eyes, and it's awful. My heart goes out to anyone with skin issues. It just hurts. It makes you extremely self-conscious. And I've left a petrol station crying because the cashier told me that I looked like I'd been bitten (laughs) by a thousand mosquitoes. I'm not even joking. That's what he said to me. I was paying for my petrol and I had eczema running up my arms and he said, gosh, you look like you've been bitten by a thousand mosquitoes. I couldn't believe it. I just got in the car and just cried my little eyes out. And I also remember as a child having eczema in the creases of my arms. It was so bad that it looked like welts and it would ooze like pus from the creams that I was using. And I would cry and I would beg my mum to cover them. And bless her, we tried everything. She tried everything. But I especially remember being mortified if it was really bad and I had like a dance concert or a ballet exam coming up. Those particular events just meant so much to me and it made me incredibly upset to have to go through them when my eczema was bad. Occasionally, I still get a little dry skin or a random much smaller rash appear on my neck or under my eyes, but it's always because I haven't been following the rules. It's always because I haven't been practicing what I preach, sun, walking, nutrition, healing foods, basically everything that's on my peace and please checklist. That is where it's at. And if I haven't been ticking off that list, well, that is when a flare up occurs. But overall, it is 1000% better than it used to be. And I do consider myself healed. Now, let's be clear. I am not a nutritionist, but you don't need to be a nutritionist anymore to understand that A lot of skin and gut and mood and muscle and sleep issues arise from poor nutrition. I know so many people who suffer from skin issues, so I thought I'd start a conversation and share how a new perspective on food really completely changed my life for the better. And it really is so simple. I have the most simple but effective protocol, and you just have to have an open mind, learn to appreciate the simple things in life and the source of food and come up with some fun ways to really just make healthier choices and habits. So here's my personal journey into making better choices around food and really, really clearing my chronic eczema. So like I said, I suffered from eczema on and off throughout my childhood and I'd mainly get patches behind my knees, crease of my elbows and around my neck. And one week I'd have very few symptoms and the next week I'd have 
sores so bad that mum would have to put protective bandages on my arms to stop them from getting infected and me really from scratching. And then moving into my teens, my eczema did actually disappear for a little bit, but I actually presume that's because I wasn't eating much at the time. You know, just your your typical ballerina nonsense, a story you've heard me talk about many times before, and I won't bore you, although it did pop up when I was experiencing extreme periods of stress. And so then in my early 20s, I started getting really bad patches everywhere and it moved to this is when it moved to under my eyes and my eyelids and this was a new presentation of eczema for me and incredibly distressing because well it was my face and the deterioration of my skin's health in my early 20s it makes complete sense like I wasn't restricting what I was eating I had money to buy whatever food I felt like and I started drinking All the freedoms that come, you know, with things like your driver's license, a full-time job and university life. So as a child, I ate rather simply and this probably kept my eczema only slightly debilitating. The moment I started drinking and eating whatever I wanted, this is when all hell broke loose. When I was about 24 years old, I met the man who basically changed my life forever I waited over nine months to see Professor Pete Smith from Queensland Allergy Specialists, and I could have produced a human in that amount of time. That is how long his wait list is. And today, it's actually even longer. I recently thought I'd book a checkup appointment, and even as one of his past um, patients, I couldn't get in for over 18 months. I guess that's another reason why I'm sharing this information and doing this podcast today is because I know that what I have changed is really my lifestyle and it's something so simple. And if you're waiting to see a specialist or you'd love to see a specialist, but it's incredibly expensive. If I can help you from just sharing this simple podcast episode and my experience, then I'm going to do so. (laughs) So anyway, by the time I sat in Professor Pete's office as a 24-year-old with debilitating eczema, I was an absolute emotional wreck because you see, I'd waited so long to see him and I didn't want to waste my appointment, but I'll be honest, I probably wasted half of it crying. (laughs) My mum can attest to this because I brought her along with me. Actually, I had no intention of bringing mum, but she insisted that she come to just take some notes and just be there with me and hold my hand, which was so good as I really did need her by my side, taking notes and consoling me as I was an absolute blubbering mess. Honestly, why do mothers always know best? (laughs) But seriously, when doctors or people haven't been understanding sympathetic or responsive. My mum has always taken my skin issues seriously and she never stopped trying to help me find a cure. She always stood by my side and supported me through the pain and I I just can't thank her enough. Anyway, back to Pete. Unsure about what to do with this uh, hysterical young lady, he demanded that I lay down. Now, when I cry, My eczema around my eyes flares up immediately. My face goes beyond the ugly crying puffiness that normal people experience. And my eyes become so 
freaking itchy that I honestly can't stop scratching them. So he laid me down and he squirted drops in my eyes and said, calm down. I'm going to help you. Now this is what we are going to do. We did a lot of tests that day and it appeared I wasn't really allergic to anything in particular, but had a sensitivity to salicylites. It's a really common thread with mood disorders, eczema sufferers and other dermatological issues. And Pete had me start eliminating from that day a lot of food from my diet. He stripped me back to total basics, like real basic. He said it all started here, reducing high chemicals in my diet that spiked inflammation while slowly reintroducing a variety of good whole foods. And the problem is that salicylates are actually found in a lot of healthy foods like blueberries, coconut, dried fruit, avocados and olive oils to name a few. But there's even more found in highly processed foods and alcohol. One random one that's high in salicylates is actually chewing gum. Super random. So I've completely stopped that since that day. I don't chew any gum. But the alcohol one makes total sense as to why now, as a young adult, fresh out of university, my eczema was worse than ever. Just to give you an idea about foods that are high in salicylates, if I have a look at this list that I've got in front of me, Foods that are extremely high in salicylates are your dried apricots and dates, any kind of prunes, raspberries, or red currant. Now, those are things that you may consider healthy and you're not realizing that they are full of salicylates. Um, vegetables include gherkins and lots of other things that are preserved in jars. And beverages that are really high in salicylates are cordials and fruit-flavoured drinks. Lots of fruit and vegetable juices that you would find, not the fresh ones, but the ones that are in the um, supermarket. Other things that are very high in salicylates include blackberries and, like I said, blueberries, grapes, pineapples, strawberries, sultanas, You know, these are things, like I said, that you think are really healthy, um, which they are. But if you have a skin sensitivity, you sometimes need to be careful about the amount you consume. Other things include seeds and nuts. So like almonds have lots of salicylates in them and peanuts, Um, peppermint tea. Yeah, so I very rarely, rarely ever have peppermint tea. To be honest, the only time I have peppermint tea is maybe at mum's house when she's making them after a family dinner. So that would be like once in a blue moon that I have a peppermint tea. Um, And then if you look at the foods right down on the very little to almost no salicylates, you've got bananas, limes, and pears. Pears are fantastic for people that suffer from skin issues. Um, And bananas, I love bananas. I have a banana at least once every day. (laughs) Um, Other things that are quite healthy that don't um, set off skin issues are things like cashew nuts and maple syrup. And anyway, you can do with a quick Google search a list of foods that are None to low to very high to extremely high in salicylates and um, have a look at that if you're interested. So 
basically by bringing my diet back to grains, vegetables, nuts, just cashews, as mentioned. Um, They're one of the only nuts low in salicylates. I could then start reintroducing small amounts of the healthy foods like avocado and berries that contain high levels of salicylates back into my diet. And I did as he told me. I stopped the chocolate bars every time I went to a movie, meat pies at the footy, ice cream every second night for dessert, and really just general packaged goods, yogurts, sandwiches, which a lot of people consider healthy. And I also cut out alcohol. And basically since that time, I only really consume clear spirits, which are very low in salicylates, and an organic red wine or two. Even when choosing a wine, I really try and go for a biodynamic organic option where possible. Now, sometimes when I tell people this, they think it sounds like a lot of work. But we have to remember that all of this processed food was not around hundreds of years ago. And that's why we have all these sensitivities and health issues. Eating healthy should should require a bit of work because it should be considered one of the most important things that we do. And a quote that I love is, we didn't evolve to be healthy, but instead we were selected to have as many offspring as possible under diverse, challenging conditions. As a consequence, we never evolved to make rational choices about what to eat or how to exercise in conditions of abundance and comfort. And that's by Daniel E. Lieberman. So we certainly live in a time of abundance and comfort, but I take more comfort from knowing where my food comes from and eating seasonally and as fresh as possible. People ask if I felt or feel deprived. Well, no, because this is what I did and this is what I continue to do today. So I watched a lot of Netflix documentaries on nutrition, which was really just enough to scare anyone into eating healthy whole foods. And I started to find joy in cooking. I definitely now prefer a home-cooked meal. And my husband and I much prefer inviting friends over or going for family dinner rather than eating out. Because personally, I like to know what's in my food and you can control that at home. Sidebar, it also saves you a lot of money. (laughs) But then with my next tip, perhaps uh, that money saved goes towards this. I bought lots of fancy glass jars and containers to make basically storing all my new nuts and seeds and flowers just that little bit more fun. And this really does inspire you to eat better when you pull out all your cute jars from the, you know, on the weekend and fill them with healthy treats. Now, I also made a date with myself and friends who wanted to join every Sunday at the local farmers markets. And I actually also love just the community spirit and vibe of, you know, knowing the guy that sells my blueberries and saying hello to the mushroom man. I'm not joking. There is a mushroom man at my markets. (laughs) So I also put a list of foods low to high in salicylates in my pantry. So even though I've reintroduced a lot of foods since the first restriction period that Professor Pete made me undertake all those years ago, if I feel like I'm about to have a flare up or experiencing one, I can cut back on the foods that are higher in salicylates that particular week. 
And by having that list there that's visible, um, it's just it just makes you more conscious and aware. There's something about having something physical and visible in sight. It's kind of like what I tell my 12-week uh, adult ballet course participants to do with their piece and plies checklist that I give them. I say, put it somewhere visible that you see it every single day. But in other words, after my meeting with Professor Pete, I got all excited and I got smart and I got romantic with my food. But most importantly, it worked. And another quote that I love, we've become food consumers, not food producers or preparers and in doing so we have lost our connection to our world and ourselves it's time to change that and so I love what Professor Pete did for me he didn't just cure my eczema he got me on the track of yes falling back in love with fueling my body in a really fun and I look at it as like a romantic way because It's creating a connection back to the world and myself. So what do I eat? (laughs) At the end of the day, every human is different and feels different eating different things. And I don't follow any kind of diet. I'm not paleo. I'm not vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, etc. I just eat what makes me feel good. And I want you to do the same, but I know that many feel lost when someone tells them to do that. It's like, oh, just do what makes you feel good. So (laughs) I want to share what my protocol kind of looks like. I keep it really, really simple. I can tell you exactly what's in my pantry and fridge at any given time because I do a clean out of the fridge. And I know this sounds obsessive, but every single week. And I mix and match the same key ingredients for all my meals. However, I also eat in season, which is really important because variety keeps your gut microbiome healthy. So my grocery list pretty much remains the same from week to week. I must admit that actually really clears my mind as well so that I can focus on other things and not become obsessed about what am I eating tonight for dinner? What am I eating this week for lunch? I pretty much keep it the same, but it changes seasonally. Quick tips. I purchase organic where it matters. So organic can be incredibly expensive, but where it matters is things like apples, strawberries, blueberries, and peaches because they have high traces of pesticides, whilst pineapple, rock melon, and kiwi fruit, anything really with a shell have very low traces of pesticides because you can peel the outer layer off and you eat the inside layer. So think of things that don't have that, like a strawberry. You want to try and buy them organic. Now, another quick tip is to think of meat as a condiment. So the majority of your plate should really be filled with dark, leafy green vegetables, salads or beans, quinoa and rice. And... I stay away from trans fats by using coconut and olive oil instead of canola, vegetable and sunflower oil. I personally really steer clear of dairy. It's extremely inflammatory for psoriasis and eczema sufferers. And look, fresh juice, it gets a bad rap, but no one ever died from eating too much fruit. I love a good fresh juice Not a smoothie, don't get me wrong, not one that's filled with ice cream and sorbets and things like that. I'm talking about 
fresh apple, ginger, carrot and beetroot juice, for example, or something that I make myself at home, my way, you know, what I call a smoothie actually just has blueberries, bananas, some chia seeds and ice and water or a bit of soy milk. And it's very basic, very basic. And I also choose my cheat days wisely. And I have a system in place that allows me to enjoy a red wine, an almond croissant, some chips. I love chips (laughs) because it's important to also enjoy life. And sometimes a happy donut is actually better for your mind than a sad salad. Now, I actually go into more details about the exact foods that you should be eating and my golden rules, you know, what's exactly on my grocery list, how to inspire yourself to change, create healthier habits and exact meal planning that includes pasta (laughs) in my 12-week adult ballet course. But I do hope that this information I'm sharing freely in the pod is already inspiring you to perhaps rethink of your food as fuel. And also, as Hippocrates put it, let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. And food has definitely, in my case, been a huge factor in my healing journey, if not the most important one. And it's not just eczema that can clear from looking into what you're eating. So many different chronic illnesses, pains and mood disorders stem from what you feed your body. And at the end of the day, we need to make sure we're fueling our bodies with food that achieves optimum performance. And also, a side note to that, things that make you happy. Yes. And how can we include those? How can we include those sweet treats or whatever your heart desires? (laughs) So think of things like should you be, you know, it's, it's, it all comes down to timing sometimes. Like, should you be eating a high carbohydrate lunch full of processed foods if it's going to make you sleepy and unproductive for the afternoon? Well, on a Sunday? Hell yeah, but probably not on a Monday. And as dancers, your body is your tool. And even if you're a recreational student, I know you're dancing for better health physically and mentally. So, that's why nutrition and talking about food as fuel and medicine is, is you know, just a huge part of my 12-week adult ballet course because it's all intrinsically linked. Personally, I wasted so much time and money on expensive creams and vitamin pills that really just only produced expensive urine, if I'm honest, and days crying on the couch because my skin hurt and I didn't want to leave the house. And the thing is that you don't have to do that. You don't have to experience that. Not only has my new diet from the age of 24 to now at 31 improved my eczema out of sight, but I also now sleep like a baby and my digestion has never felt better. And even if you don't suffer from eczema, that's reason enough to start thinking about the food that you consume. Now, Don't think I've never fallen off the bandwagon. I needed to make sure that I said this because I most definitely have. This is what happens. When you begin experiencing how it feels to be healed, you forget, you see. You forget what it felt like before with all the trauma of skin sensitivity. And so like you slowly, as I did, forget about all the things you should be doing. You forget about 
all the preventative measures and natural medicine that got you to this not only comfortable but beautiful skin. And so you get lazy and you start doing all the things you did before that put you in the mess to begin with. And that happened to me a couple of times really in the period of, you know, from being 24 to 31 now. I've lapsed a couple of times, you know, I forgot. I went downhill back to flare-ups and issues, but that time I was much quicker to recognize it and I got back on track because I had the tools. Now, I truly believe that skin issues are healed from within, but besides food, there are some other wonderful ways to comfort and soothe skin issues like eczema that I can highly recommend. And they're really superpowers when you combine it with all the food things. So I'm going to give you five. Number one, super duper simple. Don't have a super hot shower. This is exactly, this is actually how I came to be interested in cold therapy because hot showers actually aggravate my skin issues. And I found it useful finding other benefits from a colder shower to basically motivate me to not turn the tap to hot, which is just so tempting. (laughs) Number two, if you have itchy eyes like me, honestly, sometimes I can't stop rubbing them before going to sleep and they can become red and raw. I have two solutions. A, a silk sleep mask or B, a small cold pack designed for the eye area. Basically, leave it in the freezer at all times so it's ready for emergencies and simply place on your eyes to help you stop itching. If it's too cold, what you can do is actually combine it with your silk sleep mask. So it's kind of like stopping a child from itching. You put, you know, like little socks on their hands (laughs) but instead you're doing it to your eyes so you put a silk sleep mask on so you're less likely to move it and and itch away and then if you put that cold pack over the top it's quite lovely actually having that sort of weight there and it's even that tip uh, used in yoga practices during shavasana at the end when you're relaxing sometimes they'll put a little sleeping eye pillow on you and so there's, there's a few things at play there which help stop that itching. Number three is a lukewarm bath with Epsom salts and oats. So again, it's really important to not use water that is super duper hot. Just lukewarm bath with lots of salts and oats. Yes, the kind that you eat. <laughs> it's really simple. Just chuck a couple of cups worth of Epsom salts and oats into the bath and pop on a meditation and really just focus on your breath. Something I've actually done, which I got from the medical medium book, Um, it's in the liver cleanse book, which is all about healing skin issues. Something that uh, he recommended, which I did use, and honestly, I, I think it works. I would make this particular bath and I would close my eyes. Sometimes I even put my little sleep silk mask on so that I don't uh, open my eyes. And I would concentrate and I would imagine my body healing. Like I would just visualize the healing process happening. And this sense of calmness would just wash over me. And I just kept repeating to myself, my body is healing. My skin is clear. My body is healing. My skin is clear. 
over and over again. And I don't know. I think it works. I really do. I really do. And I know people think it's a bit woo-woo, but you know what? Your mind is so incredibly powerful and I believe that it was a huge help. Number four, clean and clear out your bathroom drawers of products that don't serve you. Basically anything with a perfume, it needs to go. I want you to aim for bathroom cabinet items that are non-toxic and if you can, edible. I have lots of skin products that are actually edible. So that tells me everything. If I can eat it, chuck it on my face. It's great. (laughs) Now, speaking of your bathroom and cosmetics, have you gotten pen and paper ready? (laughs) These are my essentials. And look, before I give you this list, I want you to know absolutely none of these brands are paying for me for the recommendations. I actually wish they were, but they are not. (laughs) So I use Sustain Lid Wipes. It's S-Y-S-T-A-N-E, Sustain Lid Wipes, when my eyes feel gritty, itchy, and irritated. I combine them with a cold wash of the eyes and voila. And what I mean by cold wash is I literally just fill a sink up with cold water. I try and keep my eyes open like when you keep your eyes open in the pool, (laughs) Uh, it's really hard. And you let the water just wash over your eyes. And yeah, they just feel like different eyeballs. (laughs) I also use Kate Somerville uh, goat's milk products and Tatcha creams for my face. Look, these are a little bit expensive, but honestly, I don't wear much makeup because I look after my skin with these products. So I'm probably saving so much money on heavy foundations. But speaking of makeup... Bare Minerals is a fabulous brand and I highly recommend their tinted moisturizer for a light coverage that doesn't irritate the skin. On my body, I use a really affordable brand called Mugu, which is actually an Australian brand that's manufactured on the Gold Coast where I live. So I swear I really do by their eczema and psoriasis range, especially their natural soothing MSN moisturizer. It really is soothing. (laughs) And I also use their general milk wash and shampoos and conditioners in the shower because they're some of the only products that my body doesn't react to. Now, another reason why you know that I'm not being paid by these people to actually give you these recommendations is because, look, I'm not going to go into huge details about this because I actually don't know um, all the details, but it's actually been made clear recently by social media that you can't actually um, say that a product cures or clears eczema or psoriasis or skin issues or anything a little bit more medical than say um, cosmetic. It's actually illegal to do so now. So anything that I'm recommending is actually, um, sorry, I'm meaning that it's illegal if you're paid. So it's illegal if you are paid to say, This cream cured my eczema. (laughs) So you actually know that I am not being paid to give you any of these recommendations because it would actually be illegal for me to do so. And then number five, finally, if I ever really find myself in a state or want to give my skin some major healing, I book a float tank therapy session. Now, when I first started floating, it was not very popular and I had to go to some pretty weird places to experience that magnesium bath, which is honestly the most 
dare I say, transcendent experience that's also fabulous for your skin. But now float tanks are kind of everywhere. There's a couple on the Gold Coast now. So Google float tanks near you and check them out. If you suffer from skin issues, it really is a wonderful approach. Now, especially as a dance teacher, or if you're someone who sweats for a living, it's actually really important to develop a routine and protocol that keeps your skin in check. Otherwise, it can be just incredibly debilitating. I know that I can only wear certain fabrics, you know, cotton is a must, good quality fabrics. And if I'm sitting in sweaty clothes all day and don't bring something to change into, it can really affect my skin. So I hope that these tips and products are useful to you. As I know, they've certainly been useful for me. And as I keep mentioning, I promise that these products are ones that are in my cabinet that I use every day and I am not being paid, I wish, to tell you all about them. Another recommendation, good reads. Um, Keep that pen and paper ready. (laughs) You should read What the Heck Should I Eat by Dr. Mark Hyman. The Mind-Gut Connection by Emmerin Mayer. Liver Rescue by Medical Medium, which I mentioned before. Um, Women's Wellness Wisdom, that's a mouthful, (laughs) by Dr. Libby Weaver. And one of my favorites, which also includes lots of great recipes, is Exma Detox by Karen Fisher. If you suffer from skin allergies, gosh, I feel your pain. You are not alone. And I hope that this has helped in any small way or at least inspired you to take action and let your food be your medicine. I think one of the reasons why I've put this podcast episode off for quite a while is because it's not particularly about ballet or about dance. Um, but for me, this is something that's affected me my whole life. And it's something that I'm really passionate about. And if something that I shared today was useful or helpful, please reach out and let me know. Um, I totally sympathize with anyone suffering from severe skin allergies, um, or issues. I feel your pain. Like I said, you are not alone. And sometimes you do feel alone because People that don't suffer from skin problems just don't sort of understand. (laughs) I hope you have a wonderful week. I adore you all very much and I hope you continue to find that peace through your plies this week. Have a wonderful time in classes. Hello to everyone in my online academy and those that attend my in-person classes. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. See you in the next one. (laughs) 